local. Live and local. This is Sacktown Sports. Yes, sir. Welcome back, Sacramento, to the PM portion of your day. Two hours in the books. Two more to go. Alongside Chris Watkins, I am Zachariah. This is Sacktown Sports 1140. We got no halftime speech from Nate. That's a good point. I mean, look, when you're the coach of a team, you know what I mean? You got to get your players ready for the second half. Yeah. Now, I mean, I don't. I should just turn the mic off and leave. Really? Good luck, right? guys. Good like, luck. Good luck, guys. That's all I got for <laughs> no, you. No, okay. First of all, first that is so on brand for Nate, for his pep talk to be good luck. You don't tell your players at halftime good luck. Hey, go out there, guys, and just, <laughs> yeah, just do it. Best just the be luck about out it, there. You know? I think you have my role confused here, Zach. <laughs> You're not the I coach? Don't, I don't really do things like that. Okay. I don't, yeah. you know, I'm, so I'm bottom of the be, barrel. If we're a team, what are you? Ball boy. Boombox guy. Boombox yeah. guy. Boombox guy. <laughs> You jumped on yeah. that opportunity. Yeah, so. yeah he did. Yeah. He had that ready immediately. Yeah. I was going to say, like, yeah, equipment guy that everyone likes, you know? Okay. Everyone's yeah, close he's with the cracking guy. jokes at the wrong times, maybe, but <laughs> someone thinks it's funny. Yeah. I just you think know? that if we spent the entire show trying to figure out what would be the worst pep talk at halftime, it would be good luck. Just imagine, oh, I could do worse imagine than that. Phil Jackson telling Kobe and Shaq in yeah. the second half, good luck out there. Good luck out there, guys. Not go get them. Not you got this. Not let's dominate. Not this is your time. Good luck. The problem here is that you think I'm Phil Jackson. That's where the mistake yeah. is. Okay. I am not. I am a All horrible right. – I'm like a um, – Man, I was trying like an old George Carl. Okay, <laughs> all right, just mailing it in. Crotchety, yeah. a Sacramento Kings here. George Carl. Yeah. Just woke up, don't mad know where at I the am. Stars. Mad at the stars. Yep. Fair enough. Okay. Well, you can be heard or you can be read by calling or texting the show nine one six three three nine eleven forty. Check us out live streaming on YouTube. Just search Sacktown Sports. You can follow me on Twitter at Zach Sports, Z-A-K Sports. You can follow Chris on Twitter at Chris M. Watkins. Coming up at 12.15, yesterday we did the good games on paper of week six, and we will do three of the bad games on paper, including a couple of injuries and also a game that didn't start the way that you thought but certainly did end the way that you thought. But right now, let's talk some Niners, and let's start first, Chris, by getting an update on the injured players from the one, the only, Rap Sheet. Yeah, two of the 49ers' best players both left the game and eventually were ruled out with injuries. We'll start with Christian McCaffrey. He suffered an oblique injury. Now, remains to be seen if this is a major one. Would tend to doubt it. Now, he did end up not coming back, and generally that is not a good sign. But he did come back on the field for at least one play. Maybe more I wasn't counting, but at least one play with that oblique injury. You could see him kind of stretching out that muscle, trying to make it work, trying to get comfortable. More tests today to see the severity of that. Maybe a little bit of good news there potentially coming. And then Debo Samuel was ruled out with a shoulder injury. He immediately had x-rays. Those were negative. That is another good sign. Could have more tests today. But for the San Francisco 49ers, suffered a really surprising loss, made a little bit more uncomfortable by the loss of two of their best players. Now, let me ask you this. As I've said numerous times on this program, that whatever side of the brain is not math and science is the part of the brain that I excel at. The math and science portion, I am awful at. But I heard you say yesterday, the oblique is the back. No, it's not. I believe the oblique, I was was actually literally just looking it up. Where is the oblique? It says uh, strains or tears 
of the like here, some right? sort of tendon is in the vicinity of the lower ribs. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, so I was might, right. But they were saying Didn't you on say the, back? They were saying on the broadcast that it was his back as oh. well. And so I wonder if maybe it's like well, a it's continuation yeah, thing. Yeah, for where sure. it's more like the side of his you That know. that seems like a very problematic injury where even if because I wanted to ask you your level of concern, but I just want to yeah. put in before you answer that. I would say that that's the kind of injury where it feels like, and I, if my memory serves me just hearing oblique in mm-hmm. the past of athletes of any sport, that seems like a, sort of a nagging injury where even if he was good to go, since it's not the playoffs, it's not a must win, and they are 5-1 and one after all, that I would rest him even if he felt good to go. Yeah, it definitely seems like one of those things that just kind of gets better with time and, and, yeah, rest and icing and all that kind of traditional stuff. And you don't really have the the luxury of, of affording time in the NFL as, mm-hmm. you know, you have six more days until your next game. And so, um, yeah, I, I think that this is really something that you got to you gotta trend lightly, tread lightly, especially with a guy like McCaffrey. And if it's in your rib area – you know, guys tend to get tackled around your rib area. (laughs) So that's the only place you can hit anybody. And if you're not getting hit, you're probably going to fall on that side or something, you know, maybe even it might have anything to do with, you know, making cuts too. Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's kind of in his abdomen area. So you just want to be careful with it. And like Biederman said, like you got Elijah Mitchell, you got Jordan Mason or JP Mason, whatever we're calling him these days. uh, And, and he's looked solid in his games. I think he, I think you got to give him a rest at least for the week and see see how he how he heals how he's doing the following week you play the Bengals and then after that it's a bye so you know I, I think it might not be the worst thing if McCaffrey misses a game or maybe even two and and just give him as long as possible for a rest because it was well known especially in the first month of the season. The Niners, his usage rate, I know that's an NBA stat. But yeah, I know. That it, made major headlines yeah, in the beginning the when people of, were looking for stuff to talk about. The amount of touches that yeah. McCaffrey was getting yeah. and the lack of touches, all the other reserves Shanahan were getting. even addressed it, yeah. Yeah, I think it, it's warranted. I would I would give him uh, a couple weeks of rest, and you know, I think, I think the Niners have proven that when they are at full strength, what they're capable of. And, you know, that that to me, that's the most important thing. It's okay if maybe you lose one of these next two weeks in the sake of getting healthy in the long run. Are we in flak jacket territory, Chris? You definitely could be, for sure. I mean, that's kind of what these things are made for, right, is is for, like, those those rib area injuries. It wouldn't surprise me if just to, just to kind of keep him healthy. And I think Nate said a couple weeks ago, like, McCaffrey – He's injured. Like he's. It's not that he's injury prone. It's just he's he really, had a lot of injuries. It's not, but it's never any like big, big ones. True. It's always these nagging injuries that put him out for four to five weeks, True. and then those never just like stack a, up. out for the year type of exactly. deal. Exactly. Yeah. But in this case, like this could be one of those things that takes him out for. And so I would just I would give him the rest on the front end, and you know you the the back end of the season is especially what's going to matter for this team. So I would I would try and get him healthy for for that stretch that really really matters. For sure, I think it's the type of scenario where I would look at it and I would go, even if he's ninety percent, or I mean I think it speaks volumes that he didn't go back in the game. Yeah, because that was a close game. Yes, it, it wasn't was. like they were blowing them mm-hmm. out. They ended up losing. So I think the fact that he didn't go back in speaks volumes. And so I would definitely, again, even if he feels like he's good to go, even if he's around 90% or yeah. whatever, I'd rather wait a week. Yeah. And, again, they're playing your they're Vikings. They're playing the Vikings, so, <laughs> you know. Chris would definitely tell you, take the week off. And sleepwalk and beat yeah, those guys. For sure. And then in terms of Debo, doesn't seem to be too concerning. 
It's funny because like they it. showed the broadcast showed both of those guys going to the locker room. Right. They both look totally fine. Yeah. Normally, when you see a guy going to the locker room, they're right. holding something or they're limping or uh-huh. whatever. Both guys looked to be fine. This I don't is know. Now also, sorry to cut you. This no, is the good. second time Debo's had a shoulder injury. Yes. Already. Didn't he hurt it in the Rams yes. game as well? Yes. Yeah, like that's again, that's kind of the same situation where it's like, why, why are you gonna like? Yeah. Clearly, it's something that's already ailing him. Just, just rest. And it would be interesting to see what their offense. I mean, not that those guys aren't vitally important right. to the Niners' offense, but I also feel like they wouldn't miss a huge yeah. beat. I mean, right. you want those guys, and certainly you're gonna need those guys yeah. the further and further along that you go. But in terms of a regular season game against not not against the huge powerhouse in mm-hmm. the Vikings, especially with them missing Jefferson, yeah. um, it will be on the road it will be Monday Night Football and as we've seen every game should be taken seriously right. but also just get a feel for what your offense is without those two guys and I, I think that they should be fine and I would they rather I would rather have long-term vision on this yeah. than short-term no I think that it's it's a good opportunity to kind of get those other guys in rhythm as well you know you want to get your your backups in into the rhythm of things and it, it'd be good to give Juwan Jennings a little bit of an extended look he didn't have that big of an impact on Sunday uh Ray Ray McLeod give him a good look and frankly I think Sunday is going to be one on defense on the defensive side of the ball anyway the Niners are going to have to the the only hope the Vikings have in that game is Kirk Cousins throwing for 300 yards and and having an explosive offensive day. So to me, Sunday's or I'm sorry, Monday actually is going to be a lot more about um, how the Niners' defense performs more than anything. So I, I think it's okay to rest some of the guys on the offensive end. And let's get to some sound here. We covered this as part of our good game segment from yesterday, and I've been calling the Lions pesky all year along yeah. with the Seahawks, and the Lions get a big win. And here's Chris Sims saying that maybe I should remove the pesky term and maybe put them in contending conversation. You know their offense is awesome, right? They run the ball. You stop the run. Jared Goff will beat you up with the pass game. Their defense, though, came in today as one of the top ten defenses in football. Number six. And why is that? One, you can't run against the big people they got up, up front. They got size. They got speed at linebacker. And they're well coached. So they stopped the run game. They can rush the passer and swarm the quarterback like you see right there. Aiden Hutchinson being their best pass rusher. But they're smart. Hands up in the passing lane. Physical over the middle. Tackle. It's a complete transformation from what we saw last year the lions are a legit super bowl contender maria i can't believe i'm saying that (laughs) a legit super bowl contender Mm. and then the prototypical Mm. fake laugh from the studio (laughs) (laughs) um i know you hate the lions but try to push that aside try to be professional chris you after all i have to try you're a professional sports broadcaster and so your response to them being a legitimate super bowl contender is what i think that their offense is legit enough to to be in super bowl contention it's the defense that i still have questions about that's what he just ranted and raved about that's what i was gonna say is their defense has been legit they've been a top 10 defense this year and as long as as long as that side of the ball continues to to play the way that it has the Which lions I have, have my doubts shot, about too yeah they're let's also not get it confused like the lions are not the same quality as the browns or the niners defense like we're yeah. not talking an elite defense they might not be a bad defense but yeah. i don't know if they're in the category of oh this side of the ball can can really win you a game they might not they might keep the game close. They might be able to make a play here or there that turns the game, but they're not by any means going to be, you know, shutting people out or anything like that. I think the the best performance they've had so far, in my opinion, is is that week one holding the Chiefs to twenty, and even then 
didn't have Travis Kelsey, didn't have Chris Jones back then. Yeah, and on, on the other side of the ball, I don't think that their offense is that high powered that it can make. Uh, yeah, so I mean, let's I, also look at the team. Sorry, to, again, no, you're fine. You're the, fine. The team that the Lions, the teams the Lions have played. Chiefs again, twenty-one twenty. Mm-hmm. No, no Kelsey, no Chris Jones. Yep. Second week they lose to Seattle, who puts up thirty-seven on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the Falcons, come on. Yeah. Packers, come on. Yeah. Panthers, come on. Yep. Bucks. Yep. What are we talking? About? Yeah. No, I know they haven't had haven't had a hard, a very test. difficult schedule. No. Yeah, for sure. But uh, again, I mean, I, I have them both. Like, I have like their offense as a seven and their yeah. defense as a seven. But that's uh, about right. Yeah. We'll see. I mean. But yeah, I mean pesky, and you can only play the teams on your schedule. Right. But as you totally. said, not not very stiff yeah. competition. All right, coming up next, we did the good games from Week Six. We did not get to the bad games. We will do three of them next: Ravens, Titans, Colts, Jaguars, and Panthers, Dolphins. Started off a lot different than you would have thought. Chris Watkins, Zachariah, Sacktown Sports, eleven forty. Search Sacktown Sports and subscribe. Subscribe, like, follow, all that good stuff. Sacktown Sports, 1140, alongside Chris Watkins. I am Zachariah. You can call in or you can text the show, 916-339-1140. We started the show with the disrespect, the disrespect from The Athletic. Kings at 11? Huh? What? In what world? So, Kings fans, if you want to sound off on that, you may do so. 916-339-1140. Coming up, bottom of the hour, more NBA talk. We barely scratched the surface. Bam Adebayo says, no team has won more than them. And technically, technically, Hmm. he's right. It depends on how you quantify winning. But they have been, playoff-wise, the most successful team over the past few years, since Hmm. at least the uh, 2019 season. So, we will get into that. Bottom of the hour, but right now, let's review week six, shall we? You think Nate has an NFL bed ready for us? It doesn't matter. Ravens, Titans. Snoozer. Bad game on paper, Gross. bad game on the field. Gross. And Tannehill got hurt. The Titans seem to be in football purgatory. You have Henry back there. You signed Hopkins, which at the time, Chris, I said was an odd signing. Very. And they, I, I feel like they've just got to they've build back up. And I know Vrabel who has promised to um, remove a portion of his body if the Titans ever won the Super Bowl. Oh, boy. I know he's not going to want to hear rebuild, but the Titans got to be in rebuild mode. And the Ravens continue to be uninspiring to me. What did you make of that game? Four and two. I have no idea. The Ravens have been the most boring, successful team this year in the NFL. And sometimes not successful. Yeah. No, they gave away that game to the Steelers two weeks ago. And I mean, they, yeah, I mean, they could be five and one. They could be in that tier of, or should be. Yeah. They should be be, five and one. Chris. Yeah. uh, And, and still have really not shown much of anything to show that they are one of the most elite teams in the NFL this year. To me, yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. This is a lot more about the Titans just absolutely sucking. I think they put in um, Malik Willis at the end of this game. Well, because Tannehill got hurt. Because yeah, yeah. exactly. And and well, maybe okay, not. Maybe I, they put him in because maybe, Tannehill yeah. stunk. But it's I mean, to me, Tannehill's been the big story for that team this year. Is just his his fall. I mean, he wasn't. It's been a a 
progressive slide, or I guess regressive slide mm-hmm. down for Tannehill throughout his career throughout these past couple seasons, but they had a couple it feels of like years. This year it has fallen yeah. off a cliff. Well, they had a couple of years where they were not only in the playoffs, right. but like I, they gave the Chiefs yeah. a run for their money, yep. and they and looked that's, like that's how Arthur Smith got his job in, yeah. in Atlanta. But it feels like since he's left, they really and I think it's Derrick Henry is also. I keep saying he's taking a step back, and he keeps putting up ridiculous numbers. So yeah. Maybe I need to shut up, but it feels like they just they aren't. I mean, their their success, their recipe for success back in the day was run it with Derrick Henry as mm-hmm. many times as humanly possible, mm-hmm. and then get two or three big plays from AJ Brown, yep. and then the defense will keep us in the game, and we just need one drive. The difference is they just all of those elements aren't aren't what they used to be. No. I mean, they don't have uh, a dominant receiver since they lost AJ Brown. Again, Henry's kind of lost a step, and their defense isn't nearly as elite as what it's been in the past. So yeah. they just don't really have a, a good formula of winning games. Yeah, and sometimes when you have success like that, Chris, where it's like you have years, you think to yourself, we've got it. Yeah. We've got but you really don't. Right. I never really thought that they did. Even right. when they were given the Chiefs a run for the one seed yes, either they last were. year Absolutely. or two years they ago. were. Yeah, yeah. The Chiefs had to go two there and I believe it was a very close game and yeah, they had a bye. I mean, but I, I never really bought into them. I yeah. don't know why. No, and I think that Vrabel's a great coach. Mm-hmm. I do. But and I never believed in Tannehill as somebody that knows from his time right. in Miami. Uh, I, I've, I've never believed in him and just as much as I love Henry, he's probably on the back end. Yep. Again, as you said, he keeps uh, producing, but yeah, and that game was just—I knew it was going to be, and it was—it was poop. Speaking of Colts Jaguars, the unfortunate news coming out of that game: Colts Anthony Richardson probably done for the season. Owner yeah. Jim Ursay says, "Yeah, I mean, it's that's unfortunate. A that's yeah. a really big blow. He was making that team really entertaining to watch, and they were—they were getting frisky. Like, what are are they? They near five? They're, yeah, yeah, they're five hundred right now. Yeah, and then they signed um, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, right. as I affectionately <laughs> call him. Exactly, and they were they were definitely trending up. And I I think it would have been a really fun season for the Colts. It would have been interesting to see how they would have performed in this game if they had Anthony Richardson instead of Minshew, because you know this this could have put them in first place in that division, and it would have been a really interesting race the rest of this year. But you know Gardner Minshew is he's okay. He's mm-hmm. he's a capable backup quarterback for sure maybe one of the better backup quarterbacks you can have but not you, a guy you're when you've got him, him in for 12 weeks i mean yeah. at some point you know the it's numbers gonna, are gonna yeah, you know yeah. they're gonna show for what sure. he is and i think that's really what this game was an example of is just colts are they're good they're yeah. they're okay they're frisky but they're they're not going to be in contention for the best team in their division. And my Jaguars now stand at four yeah, right. and two, as I've been saying that they've been the most disappointing team. Got to win outside of London throughout the year. Yeah, three game winning streak. The Colts are at three and three. Your Texans are at three and three, <laughs> and the Titans are at two and four. But yeah, that division is just going to probably beat up on itself. I think that you and I both agree that your Jags, I mean, I'm sorry, your Texans and my Jags yes. are the two best teams yes. uh, in that conference. And yeah, I just you hate to see a young guy go out for the year like that but um yeah that was that now this game not that i was paying extra special attention to it or anything like that the winless panthers against one of the few five and one teams in the nfl the miami dolphins in miami panthers went up 14 nothing in this game (laughs) it looked scary for a second i think some people were looking around going what's going on i saw some splits uh while i was watching the the broadcast and Bryce has been a lot better. Number one overall pick. Uh, Bryce has been much better in the past few games than he was his first. His first two games numbers were 
were dreadful. Yeah. But he's been a lot better, and he showed some signs there. But then the Dolphins attack, and we, we were talking about this in the commercial break, and we might do a segment on it or whatever, but the scoring being down. Yeah. The Dolphins are not part of they that scoring subscribe. being down. No, they do for not sure. And in an instant, this is kind of what happened with the Bills, where it looked like they were going to continue to go back and forth, but I think yeah. the Bills' defense is a lot better than the Panthers. Right. So the pushback from the Dolphins against the Panthers was a lot different than what it looked like against the Bills, and the Dolphins end up winning comfortably. Right, yeah, and I mean, the Dolphins just kind of continue to do what they've been doing all season. Raheem Mostert doesn't look old at all. What, he's 31 years old, and a lot of people were talking about how, you know, especially with this backfield of all these speedsters, like, oh, maybe he's going to be the odd man out because he's, he just isn't as quick as those other guys. Mm-hmm. He's looked incredible. If I'm not mistaken, he's leading the NFL in touchdowns, so he's been incredible. Tyreek Hill uh, looked just he, I mean he's just out of this world ridiculous. I think you said the other day the uh the Browns are leading the NFL or Emil might have said it that the Browns are leading the NFL with fewest uh yards allowed in the NFL yeah. right now. I think they're near 1000 yards given up. Tyreek Hill has 800 plus yards already <sighs> receiving this season. We just got through week 6. Yeah, There's still is... 12 more weeks or 11 more games for him to possibly eclipse 2,000 yards. It's just ridiculous. And the NFL continues to stand for the no-fun league. Yes. Tyreek oh Hill did gosh. a backflip and took a selfie yeah. Do you think while was he was doing it. Because they... it was with an NFL guy. It was like with an it NFL It was a media guy, guy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm sure it was coordinated yeah. for sure. I mean, in the very least, Tyreek Hill told him that if yeah. I score, I'm going to do that. <laughs> but I don't know that like anybody would have approved that. Yeah. So if you mean coordinated, yes. yeah, Tyreek yeah. Hill, yeah. in his eyes, it was coordinated. I'm not sure about the league. And How then, do you feel about that flag? No, yes. Was it a bit much? Not only did they throw a flag, the yeah. NFL scrubbed it from their website. <laughs> like, they didn't even want people to see it. Like, who cares if he does a backflip yeah, and takes crazy. a selfie? That's, that's why it's the no fun That's league. insane. And maybe we'll do this tomorrow. It's but like T.O. signing the football. Exactly. You know, having, who like, cares? It's, it's, not fu- it's entertainment. It's not that big of a deal. I know. They're so Again, starched. I guarantee the cornerback's not like, hey, now, yeah. I'm offended by that. Or somebody at home is hurt. going... That's ruining my viewing How experience. How dare he? Yeah, exactly. Goodness and gracious. Maybe we'll do this tomorrow because it's Blindfold great. Blindfold the children. It's great audio, but the Panthers punter, Hecker, lost his mind. He was trying pushed to square a, up. He wanted Pushed all the a dolphin, smoke. and then and he didn't even retaliate, and then went up and headbutted him, and it ended up in the ref <laughs> falling. Can we just play the audio real quick before we go to break? you be kidding me. So he had something to say to Hecker, and what? then there's the oh, shot. There's the push. Now, wait, now hold on. Yeah. It gets worse. <laughs> then the headbutt knocked him down. Oh, and the official goes. Here comes the flag. Down goes Frazier. No, he's, like, he's like, I'm going. Yeah, I'm, right. I'm there are two fouls on the play. One on. I'm surprised that he didn't get. I, I don't. I haven't gotten an update because I'm not looking into Panthers punters. Yeah. But he must. I mean, because the ref fell because of it, and he pushed fight. him, and then followed up with a headbutt. Yeah. And there wasn't even retaliation from the from the Dolphins player. He's like <laughs> he lost his laughing. mind for yeah. a minute, he and he's a punter. Yeah. You don't normally see that out of a punter. Anyways, coming up next, we'll do more NBA 2023 season talk as it is around the corner. Bam says. No team has won more than us, and he has some numbers to back him up. We'll discuss that next. Chris Walken, Zachariah, Sacktown Sports, 1140. Sacktown Sports. Call or text. 
Welcome back, Sacramento. Alongside Chris Watkins, I am Zachariah. Coming up, 1245. Plead the fifth. One, two, three, four, five. Fifth. Fun in the 40s. We do it every time around that hour. Well, I guess at the 145 part, we have fun in the 40s with Crosstalk. Crosstalk, yeah. Yeah. It counts. With the drive guys. Are you a drive guy guy? I'm a drive guy guy. So we will do that 145. 1245, we will go around the wacky world of sports. Bunch of stuff we didn't get to. So many. I mean, I, I could do like four hours on fun in the 40s in terms of the wacky world of sports. That'd be pretty great. I mean, th- this day and age, like there's just, you know, we got Travis Kelsey on SNL, right. fake Dion on SNL, commentator curse. We got crazy endings to college football games yesterday, last week. Right. I, I don't know if you guys covered it Friday because there was a crazy one Thursday and then there was another crazy one Saturday. But man, if you're a gambler, and I'm not a gambler guy, but if you were a gambler guy and you're watching those college games, you must be like losing your yeah. mind on finishes like that. There was one where there was like 40 points in 40 seconds or something. Did you see the uh, how uh, University of Miami lost last week where they were oh, up Oh, that by wasn't like crazy. That was just stupidity. That was just dumb. They didn't kneel. They didn't kneel, kneel and All instead they had to ran do a kneel. run play and yeah. then I think they They were undefeated. Fumbled, right? Yeah. Yeah, so. they, yeah they, fum- they ran it and fumbled and then the other, yeah, that was just ridiculous. Just ridiculous. Yeah. Especially for an undefeated team. Just don't bet on college kids. If yeah, anything, for like, real. just don't, you know. Yeah, who those knows? games like, are insane. Do you know what kids, co- college kids especially, are doing yeah. Friday nights before <laughs> no, the games? you don't. Exactly. And that's the point. <laughs> that's the problem. Yeah, don't exactly. Bet on that level of inconsistency. But right now, the NBA season is around the corner, Chris. And Bam Adebayo had some interesting things to say. And then it made me look up something. And he might have a point, although, as Jordan and Pippen would tell you with their T-shirt, t-shirts yeah uh, it don't mean a thing unless you get that ring Correct. but here's bam telling you nobody's won more than us you be dumb not to <laughs> <laughs> you you what we did in the last four years with you know people saying you know that duo can't get it done the duo duo's not this they're they're not entertaining whatever whatever the case may be we win at the end of the day mm-hmm. y'all might not like it we don't care, obviously. Right. We win. You know, you give us 3% chance of this, 4% chance of that. You know, we don't think they're going to do this. And we constantly break those barriers every time. You know, one clo- you know, one door closes, we just run straight through. Uh, so, I co-sign it. You know, I believe, in, I, believe in, uh, I believe in us as a duo. And I believe in us as a team. Him talking, obviously, about Jimmy Butler and uh, Emo Jimmy made an appearance in on Media Day when they did not get, I'm assuming that was in response to not getting Dame Dalla. And I don't find them to be boring. But, and he does have a point. Since the 2019-2020 season, the Heat have won 38 playoff games. The Celtics are second with 36. The Nuggets are third with 30. So he does have a point. One problem. No championship. No championship. No Got to the finals twice. Once in the bubble, lost to LeBron and the yep. Lakers, and then of course I believe two last conference year. finals in that as well. So I think, yes. I think they've made the conference finals every year and then lost made to the, the Bucks. Twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a lot of winning it's a whole and a lot, lot of winning in the playoffs yeah. and a lot of winning as like the eight seed or and playing yeah. in the play-in tournament. To, to that point, a lot of winning without being the favorite to win. I mean, they they made it to the finals in that bubble season, and then of course last year. 
it's it's just a testament to oh I hate using this term but heat culture like it really is it's a very real thing it's annoying but it's true it's very very true and and it's also a huge shout out to to Eric Spolstra who is I think last year finally got his proper flowers for for being as good of a coach as what he is in the historical context of things but like that's that's what happens when you have unselfish superstars like Jimmy Butler when you have guys who who just truly care about winning like Bam, like Jimmy, like Kyle Lowry as mm-hmm. well. They've just done a really good job of as an organization picking and choosing guys that understand what winning is, what winning basketball is and you know winning basketball is also a little bit of a cliche but it's clearly a thing like it's it's an unavoidable thing when you look at what the Miami Heat have done because there's teams to to what Bam was saying there's better duos out there mm-hmm. there's better Giannis stories out there mm-hmm. and things like that but the Miami Heat still they destroy all of that they don't care about your narrative they I don't know. care about it's crazy. Boston Celtics history yeah. or anything like that they just or them take being care of the business. one seed none of it none of it matters to them <laughs> so many times I'm going well they're not going to win this year. Yeah, not going to win. It, it then, was a fun story. Yeah, but, and yeah, all the good things must come. Caleb Martin can't keep doing this, yeah. right? And and to me, Jimmy Butler is the perfect player for that organization yep. because he kind of embodies that. Whether it's going back to the stories of him cutting out the Timberwolves logo <laughs> or whatever and beating the B team and or the A team with yeah. the B team in practice, stuff like that. He kind of embodies. Again, it's annoying, but it's true heat culture. And yeah, I wouldn't put much past them. I I don't see them winning the title. But again, I I've said I don't yeah. see them beating the Bucks, or I don't see them beating the Celtics, right. or I don't see them beating whoever, and they do it. So right. I really can't say that they won't win the title. Right. But I would be pretty surprised. I think Dame would have been would have gotten them sort of over the hump. I think that's kind of the thing that they were missing. A guy like that, that can shoot from far, that can shoot in the clutch because they rely on Jimmy pretty heavily. And he produced all of a sudden Jimmy turns into a three point shooter when it's the fourth quarter and there's less than a minute to go. Yeah. I mean, Miami can't forget though. I mean, Bam is right. They have won a lot, but they barely snuck. Their biggest problem is regular season. Clearly postseason is not a problem for them, but they were an eight seed last year and barely made it through the play in tournament and they're older, another year older this year. They brought in Jaime Jaquez, but really not much around the edges to make themselves a better regular season. They were counting on Dame. Team. Yeah, I mean, it really feels like yeah. it was it was a wholesale, we need to get Dame if this thing is going to continue. I don't know if the Miami, I mean, I would assume that they'll probably be in a similar situation, probably in the play-in tournament this year. But yeah. I don't know if the Miami Heat, with their age, are, we, we were talking about the Kings earlier, I don't think the Miami Heat care about the regular season, and I don't think they have the the age to kind of go through an 82-game season and, and care about all 82 games. So, to me, that's the big concern. Playoffs, we all have seen now what Miami's capable of. I don't think they're going to be taken lightly, but during the regular season, can they turn it on and actually get themselves in a situation to succeed that's kind of going to be the story of Miami this season. Yeah, for sure. And I, I, I expect them to be – in the mix for sure, but I don't think it's going to be, I mean, again, and I've said this before, but I yeah. can't see another Cinderella team 
Cinderella run out of that team because, yeah. as you I said, mean, they didn't add a ton, yeah. and I think that they were relying on getting Dame. Right. That fell through. They could make moves, and who knows what's going to happen. But just in right. terms of just Jimmy and Bam by themselves, and again, he tells you, you can keep doubting us. Mm-hmm. You can tell us 3% chance and right. all that good stuff, and we're going to do it anyway. So I could stand to be wrong, but I, I think this is probably the year that they're going to have yeah. either a first or a second round exit, something like that. Yep. But, I mean, yeah. yeah, we can't forget last year's playoff run for them was they beat a yes the number one seeded bucks but yep. Giannis was out or Giannis was yep. hurt and I think Middleton was was coming back from injury second round they played the Knicks who mm-hmm. you know Knicks are okay Still, but they're, yeah. they're not they're not a top tier team and yeah. then they took down the Celtics in seven games For after sure. the Celtics were pretty much imploding yeah. and know, the then Celtics tried to get swept yeah and then the finals was kind of finals was a wash yeah, yeah, yeah pretty much all right coming up next let's have fun in the 40s shall we let's all plead the fifth Together, we will do that next. Chris Walk and Zachariah, Sacktown Sports, 1140. Live. Local. Live and local. This is Town Sports. What is going on here? Welcome back, Sacramento. Alongside Chris Watkins, I am Zachariah. This is Town Sports 1140. Be heard, be read, 916-339-1140. Or you can check us out on YouTube. Search Sacktown Sports. From the chat line on YouTube, Chris. Let me get to it. Let me get to it. This is from Jess. Does Zach hate talking about the Kings or something? What? Uh-oh. I take a fa- I love talking Kings. I'm wearing purple. I am, I, I'm all about I was at the game on side. What, do I hate talking Kings? We got a guy on hold right now who wants to talk about the Kings. Okay. Being well, disrespected. Let's Ooh. do that. Let's, JR. Let's go to JR. Oh, jeez. J- Uh-oh. Chris, is, Chris just took his headphones off, JR. What does that mean? Go ahead, no, JR. Zachariah. Yeah, I don't even know how you stay so close to that young man next to you. <laughs> well, you well, real quick, before yeah, we get to the Kings, did you say that your team is – Jacksonville? I, I'm i totally confused here. Oh, it's just uh, an inside football. joke. Like, I say that his team is the Texans because he likes the Texans. I mean, he doesn't. That's not his favorite team. And I no, just we know. I like the Jags, but they're not my favorite team. Okay, okay. And and real quick with the, the Tennessee, I know you're a tough guy, Zach, Zachary, but can you imagine taking on Henry face-to-face? Oof. I mean. First of all, I'm not a tough like, guy. And second of all, no, I can't. Yeah, you'd end up like Eric Sposa's face there. I mean, it'd be flattened, right, dude? You were talking about the heat. You want to over? But we all know Mr. Christopher Walken's team, and they happen to have to play next Monday night. Yeah, I'm aware. The team that's going to be a little angry. A little. About, uh, uh, yeah, they're going to be a little moody. Let's say they're going to have a little mood. Oh, ah, very good, JR. Very good. Why would you take your headphones? This guy's great. Oh, my God. Anyways, talk You'll about learn. the Kings being disrespected. You'll figure it out. Oh, total disrespect. By the way, Kevin Herter's little interview, I think, I don't know if it was last night. Boy, he looked angry. He did, I, I didn't don't he? Think he's like it. He didn't like not being. <laughs> and I know, you know, our boy's doing his thing to shake things up, make everyone angry and everyone ready for the season. But yeah, Kevin is a very, wears his heart on his shoulder. His demeanor was 
yeah, I ain't very happy about this. Stop asking me questions kind of thing. Um, yeah, how, 11, are you serious? They're only moving up from three. And, and uh, I forget who said the other day, they're going to be hell-bent on winning a lot in the regular season. They want a good seat. Mm-hmm. So unlike some of the other ones, you know, will be sitting in the back seat waiting for the playoffs. You, you know, the other SoCal, uh, Northern Mexico teams, wherever they're from, that, you know, forget them. But the Kings are going to be wanting that three or higher. So they're going to play ball right out of the gate. That's what and I'm talking the, about. That's what yeah, I'm talking about, yeah. JR. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna go. And my boy 13, I mean, he broke the record last year. I, I say he doubles it this year. Really? I think he, Yeah, he goes for like 800 threes. Wow. That's my call. Rack me. Rack Bye. him. Rack That's him. incredible. Thank you for the phone Thank call, Thank you, JR. That's incredible. good stuff right there. Thank you. He said they're only moving up from three. Well, John Hollinger is where you we'll can see. send your ire. Be respectful, of course. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's 11th is disrespect. There's a I mean yeah, there there's a possibility that they can get even higher. I heard uh yeah, I mean I think we're going to play the audio later, but there's there's some people out there that are saying that the Kings have a shot at at even being the one seed. Hey! I think that hey! there's 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 you know, there's a world like JR said and like we've been talking about like the Kings are going to put a very heavy emphasis on the regular season more so than than a lot of other teams. They still are trying to figure out you know, themselves as a team. They're mm-hmm. trying to find exactly what their identity is going to be, and it wouldn't surprise me if they if they really take the regular season incredibly serious. And, yeah, like JR said, they, they also would – it would benefit them greatly if they can get off to a good start as some of these teams are trying to figure themselves out, as the Warriors try and figure out this Chris Paul thing, as the Suns are trying to figure out, you know, oh, who's who's the real number one? Who's the alpha in this situation? Memphis not having jaw. Like, the list goes on and on. Yep. But the Kings really, really need to. And that's I, – I understand why fans have been a little bit made nervous by this preseason because, yeah, if, if, they're, if they're not looking good right now – and they don't get off to a good start to this season, that's where realistically some of these John Hollinger people might be proven correct because you don't want to get behind the eight ball. You don't want to put yourself in an adverse situation when you should be ahead. And then that's where, that's where unfortunately, that's when injuries start happening and, and things that are more just so out of your control start happening. And you got to put yourself in, in, in as good of a situation as possible before those things inevitably come Come, uh, come, come to get you because it's a long season, and and the Kings are, they're gonna have to understand that that you know, there's there's a lot of really good teams in that Western Conference, and uh, there's gonna be a lot of teams that are gonna be fighting for position all the way up to the last day of the season. For sure. Well, it's that time for the fantastic intro that you've all been waiting for, or at least for the whole hour. It is time for fun in the forties. Now on Zachariah and Watkins. I plead the fifth. Plead the fifth. Plead the fifth. Five. One, two, three, four, fifth. Anything you say, fifth. Do you guys play that when I'm not here? Yes. yes. Okay. Hundred percent. Okay. Just wondering. And back to the chat real quick. Jess, I'm not mad at you, but you shouldn't ask if I hate talking Kings. I love talking Kings. In fact, we will talk Kings at the top of the hour, and we will uh, go to what Chris was referring to, a guy that said three. I, first of all, three. 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, not, not, 
Not 11, not 10, no, not 9. No, he said nine, the Kings are going to be eight, a top three team seven. in the West. And and a very, it's not two or three. And a very respectable NBA head. This yeah. isn't some guy that's looking for clicks. Yep. He doesn't need, in fact, I don't even think he knows what a click don't is. Don't think so. Yeah. Don't <laughs> but, think he cares. But I, I, I respect his opinion. So we will hear from that top of the hour. But right now, let's skip the, um, the crazy finishes, Nate. And are you an SNL guy? Eh, not really. I mean, when it's good, it's good. But yeah. when it's not good, then I'm not tuning in. Totally agree, yeah. which is why my answer would be the only way I can watch it is if it's on. Because when their skit's not hitting, yeah. it does not no, hit. No, it's just... It's, yeah. But I do like Weekend Update. Yeah. And here is part of Weekend Update. Starting off with um, some comment. I believe he's playing... Who's the guy that... Who's the main guy for Fox? Um... The lead host for Fox, along oh, with like uh, Howie Kurt Ron- Menefee? Yes, Kurt Menefee. And here's Keenan playing him. Let's go to our newest NFL sideline reporter, Kenny DeTulio, who's at MetLife Stadium. Kenny, what's the mood down there? Devastated, Kurt. Taylor is nowhere to be seen. Oh, come on. You too? Why would you think that Taylor Swift would be at a Jets-Eagles game? What do you mean, Why? Because there was a rumor online she was coming to cheer on Travis Kelsey's brother, Jason, who plays for the Eagles, duh. But so far, no sign of Blondie. I'm starting to wonder why I'm even here. Anyways, he ends up, they end up tossing to Kelsey, who's the sideline reporter. So mm-hmm. he made an appearance along with Taylor Swift at SNL. Oh, so I guess their weekend together yeah. went swimmingly. Yeah, People no, were wondering I, where they were going to go yeah. because Kelsey played Thursday night football, so right. he had the weekend off. Taylor Swift doesn't perform until, I think, tonight or tomorrow night. No idea. So they had the whole weekend <laughs> off, and SNL played fun with it. They also yeah. had some fun at Deion Sanders' expense. One of the most exciting stories in college football is the Colorado Buffaloes, who have had a remarkable turnaround thanks to their coach, two-sport legend Deion Sanders. Here to comment is Deion Sanders. <laughs> What's up, man? Like that black dad joke. <laughs> Prime time in the house. You know what I'm saying? We just keep winning, man. Every game, every minute, we winning that life. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're also four and three, so uh, <laughs> so you have lost a few. Kyle, look at me, man. <laughs> what about me makes you think that I care about what you think about me? <laughs> You don't understand that my team has it all, man. Coaching, genius. Offense, explosive. Defense, trying. <laughs> it's a complete package, man. <laughs> Defense trying, yeah. Defense certainly let them down last yeah. week. A little bit of humble pie, I would say. Not great. I'm rooting for him. I'm out there. I've got mm-hmm. the pom-poms for Dion. I think Dion is great for yeah. college football. But, yeah, I mean, he's going to have to address the defense. Uh, I mean, we'll see how they finish, but. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's it's going to be the big thing for again. I, I'm not sure how much longer this this Dion storyline is going to go for this season. I mm-hmm. definitely think that this is obviously going to be a thing moving forward. But you know, if if they're going to again, I think I said it yesterday. But if they're going to win six or seven games, I wonder how much people are going to continue to talk about them because their their defense is is 
Uh, just not exciting. It, it leads to a lot of exciting finishes. Sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that USC game was definitely because the defense uh, had allowed it to be like that in the Stanford game as well. But yeah. I, really, all their games have been really close. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it, it's it's going to be on their defense to eventually, uh, and I assume it's not going to be this year, but to eventually uh, meet up with the offense because, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's some of the most exciting action this season has came from Colorado football. Yeah, I mean, well, they've already – been more successful this year than they were last year. I hope that they continue to win. They should have had that dang Stanford game. I hope that they make um, a bowl game because Lord knows what Dion will say there, but you don't want to have more catchphrases than wins, which is where I think Dion is at right now. But coming up, final hour of the program, a very well-respected NBA analyst says, Hollinger, you can take your 11th seed and you can put it where the sun don't shine. We will tell you who and we will say, we will play exactly what he says about your Sacramento Kings. We will do that next. You're listening to Chris Watkins, Zachariah, Sacktown Sports, 1140.